Hello, you are very welcome to episode number 61 of FNI Rap Chat. How are you? Paul, it's good to be back in the studio. I feel like we haven't been... We have been proverbial podcast ships in the night. The good thing about this show is there's two of us. So if someone can't, we can split ourselves into one. And you can you can do an interview and I can do an interview and so on and so on. The show must go on, Paul. Yes, yes. I uh, got a great response to last week's episode with Helen Behan. What a, what a story. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Um literally i wouldn't say obscurity but kind of you know all our dreams made can come true in our local in our local pub yeah but like <clears throat> you know you hear stories of of that but for it to work in that way like just to hear how shane meadows works and that kind of thing well, i was just yeah it was a great episode good interview sir well done thank you uh yeah no she was just lo- look it's she was just lovely to talk to and you can absolutely see why someone would want to cast her yeah you know because yeah. uh if you, you know just judging by that little chat alone yeah um and, and just goes to show personality is everything in these situations yeah but yeah just i'm, I'm in the midst of the show i haven't watched the last episode yet for anyone who hasn't watched the virtues go and have a look it's it's very good. Yes. Hard going, as you say. Yeah, hard Powerful. going, but a very important watch. I don't think, um, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think you can come away from seeing something like that and not be affected in a, in, in, in a positive way. I think it's, a, as, as we said on the podcast, I think it's, it's certainly mm. a piece of work that makes people, number one, feel a lot of empathy for people who are dealing with some of the issues that, that the, the protagonists are in that. But also, um, you know, to discuss these things, to openly, you know, discuss these massive seismic uh, social issues in this, not only in this country, but, you know, in the UK as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. Really great. And, um, yeah, we've got some other little alumni news. Um, What's going on? Uh, Fergal Rock's feature uh, departures i think it's called departures here departures and forward slash, slash uh, them then came, came you. you yeah is uh available to watch on netflix and uh, i saw it at diff a few months ago and i actually really enjoyed it like it's very it's it, he did a great job in the script um it's kind of it's kind of a teen drama but it's actually very watchable the cast are incredible uh yeah so watch that go back and listen to the episode with Fergal is a really good one. Yeah, episode 44, I believe. Mm, something like that. Yeah, yeah that's well remembered. The devil's in the, devil's in the detail. Also, um, Dublin Old School is also on Netflix, so give yeah. that an L watch if you haven't already. And check back to a previous episode where we interviewed JJ Rolfe, the cinematographer of that. It's, yeah. it's great. It's a lot of fun, and it's, uh, it's well worth your time if you haven't seen it. All the older people... You know, give it a watch and then you'll have something to talk to your kids about. Um, what else is going on, Polly Wally? Uh, what else is going on? Today we have got Sam Atwell, someone I've been wanting to get on the show for a good while. Absolute gent. Uh, worked with Sam in when he worked on Fair City. So how does someone go from acting on Home and Away to uh, being a director and a story consultant, series consultant on Fair City. Yeah, so got some really good um, insight into his story. He's he's working with uh, Jam Media, doing animations so, and coming from soap. He knows how to generate story, which is a big thing, especially if anyone wants to work in TV because it just eats 
eats eats story um and we kind of talk about how to spot a good story also just some really good stories about uh its experience acting in australia and the difference between what audiences look for over there and that kind of thing so yeah it was good fun yeah yeah um obviously great uh important kind of i suppose preparation for animation where you're churning out episodes one after another kind of thing Absolutely. they're very long yeah so and uh, th- thinking about your audience as well kid children you know and sometimes very small children but you can't they're not stupid they're very they're very savvy mm-hmm. yeah some of the best i guess animated shows do not patronize children yeah that's it i think the ones that are successful don't and anyone working in that sphere i think they they just know how Tricky it is. So, yeah, it's good, really good chat with Sam. Um, if you'd like to support, as always, the F&I Roadshow, uh, <laughs> you can head on over to uh, www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. Uh, it's not unlike Patreon, so if you'd like to buy us a coffee or the price of what a coffee would be, or two coffees, or no coffees, and just say something nice about us on, a, on the uh on any of the platforms uh, such as iTunes, uh, Stitcher, we're, st- we're still on, um, obviously Spotify, Spotify, and always uh, www.headstuff.org. Yeah, and uh, if there's a if there is one that we're not on that you listen to, let us know. Yeah, let uh, us know. I think we're yeah, because on. once you're on an RSS feed, you're kind of on we a lot, be, so we don't yeah. know which kind of ones other ones we're on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, enjoy the show. Sam Atwell, thank you so much for coming into the studio. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Paul. It's thank lovely to be here. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, so I want to jump into kind of a little bit of a, a general philosophical question. Wow, well, okay. Yeah, yeah let's <laughs> yeah, just get right into it. All right, that's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, See so how I go. <laughs> so story, um, you've worked a lot in story. So yeah. how, how can you tell something that might be suited for a short or how can you, do you just have to test it or how do you, do you just... Do you develop an instinct for what kind of stories can hold water for a series? Okay, yeah, no chit-chat here. Is there? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think uh, I've been lucky enough to work as a, a, an actor and a director and a writer um, across sort of theatre and television. And I think, uh, and more, and through all the different sort of mediums I've learned, um, just by having experience, you know, what kind of works and what doesn't. And I think, I think like there's a lot of, and every show, every project's different, but uh, I think um, if, if you, you've got to have really strong characters and I think not just strong characters, but strong relationships. Like I've been working on a few shows recently um, that are sort of smaller cast, smaller sets um, and more sort of contained environments. And for that to really work, you know, we're kind of talking about, well, should these people be related? And that automatically gives you a lot more story to draw from and a lot more kind of tension between the characters because they, you know, you're kind of stuck with your brother or you're stuck with your mum and dad. And I think, you know, I think that's why family dramas really work. But of course you can create a family within a precinct, like a a cop station or a hospital or, you know, but I I think at the core, Great stories come from from family and whatever, however that family might be in a certain show. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 
I hope that. That's that's great. Is at least a little bit. uh, Makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Um, Was there any big differences that you noticed kind of in how Australians consume drama as to maybe in here in Europe and the UK? Was there any big things? I think when I when I first came over and I because I was working on Home and Away in Australia and then uh, came over and worked on Fair City and even when I first came and I was just on a holiday and um, I watched a bit of Fair City and I'd also obviously grown up with a lot of European television um, but I th- it, f- it almost feels like there's more of a grittiness to uh, especially the soaps over here and I think that's kind of uh, sort of testament of the larger um, of the larger industry as yeah. well and yeah. I think uh, even I mean I'm always like a classic example because you know everyone is super good looking right. um, whereas I mean you have very good looking people on our on the soaps over here too but there's is a kind of a more uh, I don't know. One feels a bit glossier than the other. One, right. One's kind of more rooted in yeah, the people yeah. you might see down the pub. Yeah. Um, and, and and one's kind of, yeah, I feel like, yeah, Home and Away kind of has these big, bold stories. And I think even the, the television coming out of Australia at the moment, and there's some really great stuff, but they are kind of, it's kind of grand stuff, like stuff like The Code. It's it's right. all kind of, you know, dealing with different governments in the world. Okay. And, and, and so, yeah, I feel like, and I think maybe that is, you know, Australia essentially, like it's a, it's a huge place yeah. with wide, you know, sunburnt sweeping plains. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that does reflect in the... Uh, in what we're watching and what, and what people are writing about as well. Yeah, is there, you mentioned the code. Is there any other shows that we should maybe be paying attention to? Oh, geez, you're putting me on this. <laughs> what there? Um, yeah, there's, like, there's some great stuff. There's some great comedy coming out of Australia that's on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's a, there's a really lovely show um, uh, about... It's it's about different 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 mothers uh, and mothers and fathers, and, but it's a, it's centered around a mothers group. I just can't remember the the name of it okay. at the moment, but it's got Celeste Barber's in it, okay. um, who's fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's got a great cast, yeah. uh, and the code was great. And um, I just I actually probably a bit late, but just finished watching Rake, which is uh, it's an incredible show. Really? Uh, yeah, it's um, just about a, a lawyer and a solicitor in Sydney. Uh, criminal solicitor. Oh, is he? He's like a coke fiend. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they've remade it in America. I haven't seen the Amer- oh, really? American one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a fantastic show. Just yeah, my, my yeah. dad was telling me about it. Really? Actually. Yeah. 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 He said it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Richard Roxburgh plays him, but uh, it's a great cast as well. Okay. And uh, yeah, that that to me is a real kind of you recognise the characters in that show. So that it almost yeah. has to me. It feels a little bit kind of kind of. It's a, and the storytelling of it, it, mm. it actually feels a little bit more European, kind of even a little bit Irish in a way, I guess. I, I think, I could be wrong about this, see what you think. Like Australians seem to be quite comfortable with villains and having complex main characters that aren't. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. I think, I, I think like Australia really drew a lot from... Um, you know, like the, the advent of the supervillain uh, and the and the anti-hero, you yeah. know, stuff like in The Sopranos, and I think, I think that really kind of hit Australian writers right. for some and producers, and yeah, for yeah, some yeah. reason, and I, yeah, we seem to, we do seem to, like I know in the soaps, uh, 
I think it was on E Street, which is a soap over there, and they even they had a character called Mister Bad, <laughs> and, like, and he he had silver face uh, face paint on one side, yeah, and yeah, yeah, he was just yeah they're they're not afraid to go there with the, with yeah. their villains. Maybe it goes back to the kind of the folk heroes of. Maybe it does, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, the whole country, we all come from yeah. convicts, really. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, but I think, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, people kind of really uh, dig into yeah. the the idea of, yeah. of, of, of a nemesis. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking of Ned. What's Ned Kelly. Ned Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even, like, the modern, like, Chopper. Yeah, yeah. I think character. I watched Chopper about fifty times that when it first came right, out yeah, on on VHS. Yeah, yeah. It was great. It's so quotable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Um, so was acting your first love, or was that just a way to get in? It, I, yeah, it really was my first love. I mm. kind of I did it through high school, and then um, continued went to acting school for three years after high school, uh, and then moved from Brisbane to Sydney and started getting work as an actor there yeah so uh yeah no i really loved it and i, I think i love kind of being in the theater and being on set right. and uh yeah, yeah. so yeah when i did uh when i was working in television i just got really excited about all the other jobs and right. just now kind of working my way through doing all of them really yeah yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah yeah and was there anything in your training that really stood to you that you remembered i think that we uh did um, a training that's based on a guy called Eric Morris, which is very kind of, it's kind of, a lot of it comes from psychology and Jung kind of archetypes and things like that. But it's also, it's mainly about uh, how it works is that you, um, it works on the premise that, you know, we build up these blocks in our emotional life. And so any block you have as a person translates to what happens on the stage. So, um, you know, it, it, a lot of Australian men find it hard to be vulnerable. And that was, you know, we had to work a lot with that. Okay. Uh, and, and a lot of weirdly Australian women seem to have a problem with anger and expressing anger. So we would do, so you don't really work with, first year you don't work with text at all. Right. You just work on doing all these emotional exercises. So it's kind of like going to a therapist for three years. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, but I think what that did uh, it's it's a great technique, and I think yeah. what that did was really kind of uh, just look at human emotion and look how people act, and and so it gave me a great love of kind of watching behaviour and and write, and then writing about behaviour and right. um, just seeing how yeah how people interact. That's fascinating. Uh, do you think that's true, or is that cliche about Australian men and Australian women? Uh, I, I don't, I, yeah, I think, I don't know if it's, I think it is to, well, certainly in that, you know, in our university with 20 people in each year or so, yeah. it was, it was kind of true. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, it's, uh, um, I, th I think it's actually a part, like, it's why Australian actors do really well as well, you yeah. know, like, I think both, you know, male and females, I think their sense of how they relate to the world and their sense of what they give and, and hold back emotionally, I think right. is kind of really marketable. Yeah. You know. Um, so had you been doing a bit of acting? Like how much acting had you done before you got to Home and Away? And was that, what was that process like of getting on the show? Was it? Um, I, well, I, I actually auditioned for Home and Away when I was um, at university and got right. really close right. uh, and didn't, 
and then I think it was five years later or something, I auditioned for another role. Uh, and I was, you know, I'd just come from acting school. I was being a waiter in Sydney, as every actor does, um, and doing a few sort of da- odd jobs here and there in terms yeah. of acting in a bit of theatre as well. Uh, and then I auditioned for this role that was meant to be for, I think it was meant to be for three weeks or something. Uh, and then I was there, and I remember one of the one of the other actors, she said to me, oh, you're the guy that rapes me. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, no, no, I'm not. I'm just here for three weeks and that doesn't happen in the, one of the scripts I've read. And then I got called up to the office and the producer said, listen, we've got this idea for a story. Uh, would you do it? And, uh, you know, basically just wanting a job. I was like, of course, whatever you want. Right. So, and, that, and then, uh, so that, I think that lasted about 10 weeks and then uh, I left... I had about three or four goodbyes on the show or more even. And then um, he, the character kept coming back because right. he was kind of, uh, yeah, I guess it's that thing. He was, he was a villain, but mm-hmm. he was, but they, but he was really interesting to dig into. Like, how can you redeem this character? And I think he, he ended up saving every single member of the family from very, from snake bites and fairy disasters and mine disasters. So, right. yeah, don't know if that it doesn't really make up for it at all. But yeah. it was really, like, in terms of a story, it was really daring because he went to court and got off. And right. it was just, it was like, it's sort of high, yeah, highlighting that that happens and it's awful. Yeah. You know? yeah. And uh, it was, yeah, it was kind of, it was scary to kind of be a part of that story. Really? And yeah. the response, um, the response afterwards was really like some people would shout at you in the street, sure. Right. Um, but it also get a lot of people who'd been in that situation writing letters in, which was, yeah, it was heartbreaking kind yeah. of, yeah. And was there a backlash to kind of the humanizing of that character or, or was it over such a long period? I think it, it, they did it really well because it was, it didn't, it was over a really long period, and I remember talking to uh, Michael Beckley, who's one of the other actors who played uh, the father of um, of Tam- Tamman's character, Danny. Mm. Uh, and he, because the character ended up marrying her sister, but <laughs> as you do, and, and so it's great. <laughs> uh, but he, he, you know, he would always at rehearsals, and certainly the whole way through. He, you know, we'd have to do scenes, we'd do scenes together and he's a fantastic actor, but he never let that go. He, he would always have the, the anger there and which is t- totally understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of, it would have been nice actually maybe that if he did get, if he did get some sort of recompense, I mean, he did, yeah, he did go through a lot of mediation. Mm-hmm. So that was, I think, good to put on screen. Okay. But it was, yeah, it's a, it was a risky story, I think. Yeah. And he does... He did die in the end. Didn't he? No, no, he went off to Queensland or something like oh, that. All right, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. But he lost his his wife and his kid, and yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, so he could he could come he back. He could come back, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he I always oh, my auntie actually always said that he should come back as a monk or something like that, having <laughs> uh, tried to redeem for his terrible sins. That could work, you know. Yeah. So I might pitch it to them. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, some actors. Uh, aren't really prepared for this instant fame. Yeah. Did you? How did you manage it? Um, I think you know because obviously I, I wasn't one of the the pinup poster boys. Um, so I th- it was. I, I really enjoyed that part of it. I think. Yeah. I think uh, you, you do because I worked on the show after as a director and and then a writer and I was also a drama coach for a while. So I was really dealing with some of the younger actors on the show and. Uh, 
I think the, the weird thing about it is that you go into the show, there's a massive publicity machine. They do it really well over there. Right. They, you know, you're flying over to all around the country to go to the openings of shopping centres and things like oh, that really? every weekend, which I love because, yeah. you, you know, you're staying in really nice hotels and it's great. Yeah. Um, but the, I think, yeah, the tricky thing is to realise that that is actually, it's not real because it's being produced as the show's being produced. They're, pr- yeah. they're producing stars, which I think is a really... A fantastic thing for a soap to do, yeah. but as soon as you walk out, the, you finish that job, that stops as well. In a way, do you know? Right. I'm, you know, you have yeah. to also build your um, career at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. when you see people doing that, I remember uh, Chris Hemsworth. Do you know, he came on the show, and he obviously he was a massive star on that on that show already. Yeah. Um, but he hadn't done anything before that. But he still like he kept going to acting lessons, right. and you know, really trying to learn his craft. And yeah. he's doing all right now. Yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he's yeah, doing yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, he's making a living. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, was there ever? certain did you ever see actors that weren't able to handle it or it was all too much yeah well i think it was more that you'd see yeah i mean you see some actors getting a little bit of trouble from time to time um and i think you know that can be the pressures of fame but i think uh, you know working on home and away and fair city as well i think the big thing is that a lot of actors don't realize how fast it is and i think it's that can mm. you know it's such hard work for the actors you know sometimes they're doing 20 scenes a day right. and you know having to cry in half of them or yeah. um and and you're jumping around you know f- different scripts as well and so yeah. to it's, it takes a lot of homework as well so mm. i guess yeah, it's about finding the balance. I think some sometimes actors' balances can uh, that I saw and in myself even as well. Your balance can get out, and you think, oh, you know, I've got to go out to this movie premiere, but really, you know, you got to make sure you're learning your lines and yeah. investing in the story of your character as well. Yeah, obviously, if you look at the the superstars that have come out of Home and Away and Neighbours as well, yeah. um, it it's you know it's it is the same thing as as here i think everybody because you're in their living room like yeah. you always get the taxi driver that says look i don't watch it but my yeah. wife does and uh what's going on with your man um, and you get you know i've i've sat at plenty of dinner tables where yeah. weirdly someone will just start attacking you or just attacking soap yeah, and yeah. you kind of you know it's weird because you're like you're not going to attack their job yeah. um but but I think that's because you're sitting. People live with it, and, yeah. and, and you're in the the living room with them. Um, I've yeah. kind of forgotten the question there. What uh, was you? Oh no, yeah, just that that thing of so being a soap actor and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I th- I think it's genuinely seen, and I think because the industry is. Um, you know, by nature of, of Australia being an island far away from everyone, like yeah, yeah. you, you want to take any job you can, and it's it's like I found Home and Away an incredible train and Fair City an yeah. incredible training ground, yeah, yeah. Um, and they they gave me so like every opportunity. I got to work in so many different departments and. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just re- like it was like being paid to go to university for ten years, like yeah. it was yeah, it was yeah. amazing. So yeah. and you know and they that that's not that wasn't just with me either. There's a lot of people that they've brought through the ranks that are now directors and writers that yeah. are working internationally. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. you know it's great. I've had that exact same experience with taxi drivers, like when they yeah. find out what you do. Or, yeah, or, yeah. It's, it's always the same. It's like I I don't watch it, but uh, the yeah. work does have it on. And then yeah. they ask. 
like really detailed questions. Yeah, yeah. I thought you said you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. But you know, it's hard to ignore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had some good ones. Like I had a great taxi driver going to work at Fair City one time, who it wasn't about the show, but he. He just started pitching all these stories to me. He's like, well, well, could you do this? Could you do this? He stopped the car and he's like, do you mind if I finish the story? I was like, no, please. And they were great. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's like all about Dublin and gangsters in Dublin in yeah, like yeah, yeah. the 1950s. And he <laughs> like he obviously knew his stuff. It was yeah, great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so from there, you like you had you always been kind of keeping an eye on dire- directors and that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, it was kind of, I guess I'd, I'd always written um and weirdly even though i was an actor and getting paid to do that job i never kind of thought of writing as a a career (laughs) and i guess it was the same as directing as well i guess i just because i'd always wanted to be an actor and studied to be an actor um i kind of it wasn't wasn't something i thought about but then when i was on the show um and it was actually a, a good friend of mine who was on the show as well as an actor and he became a director um and then he became the producer and now he's uh, show running all sorts of shows oh, wow. but um yeah so i was kind of seeing him do that and yeah, i was yeah. like i was really inspired by him yeah. doing that that yeah, kind of yeah. i went geez I'd, I'd really like to do that and then i went and acted on another show uh for a year called headland and again just meeting some some of the some just it's like it's fantastic on those shows because you're working with so many different crews as yeah. crews but but different directors with different styles right. so i kind of i was really glad to have that experience to just to kind of go oh that i like that and like this and just yeah. rip them off basically <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no but it was just it was you know i guess being directed was a really good uh, way to learn for yeah, me how to yeah, yeah. Uh, how to try and be a director as well. Yeah, I'm often kind of jealous of directors who have done more acting. I, I've tried and do a little bit just to get that. Yeah, to, you know. But, uh, tell us a bit about that show. Headland was that? It was. It was unfortunately a really ill-fated show. It really? was so much fun. It was. Uh, it was. Kind of, it started its life, I think, as a, a spin off to Home and Away. Right. Like one of the characters left and then went to university. Right. Uh, but that, that, uh, that sort of that got changed, but it, uh, it, it then became a show about a university. Um, and in premise, it was great. And we shot it for a year. I think we shot 52 episodes, uh, or maybe 50 episodes. Okay. And I think it was on for a week and it got canned. And I don't like it was. I don't know what happened. Um, no one really did. It was a big shock because directors yeah. were hired for the year, and we were hired. Well, like, I think we had three year contract, uh, yeah, yeah. big contracts, and so. But it was a really great show, and you know, sitting some somewhere in a drawer. But uh, it was all set in Wollongong, so it was fantastic because you'd spend your studio was in Sydney, yeah, and yeah. then you go down to Wollongong and stay in the hotels and sit on the beach, and Lovely. yeah, it was really great and a really great cast. Uh, Rachel Taylor was in it, you know the um, she's she's in the new Marvel series, and, oh, okay. you know doing yeah, big yeah. things yeah. in uh, in the states, um, yeah, and and some yeah fantastic cast of really great Australian actors, so uh, yeah, cool. it's just one of those things that I think sometimes shows just don't find their feet, yeah. and I think if it had been on for another say ten episodes, yeah. uh, people would have really loved it. Yeah, so. it's so strange to. Go that far and not to, you know, yeah. give it a chance to put it. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. It was kind of, yeah, it was a shame. And you were working in theatre, you were 
directing and writing theater around that time as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So kind of, I mean, that, yeah, I that was kind of, I guess, part of how I found directing as well because right. I, I just wanted to put shows on. Yeah. Um, and uh, I found that, that I was in them and then, you know, trying to find directors for them. Uh, and then again, that was kind of taught me a lot about what I wanted in, to, in a director and what I would like to be as a director. Cool. Did you tell me about the, the was it the Bali Five? Yeah, the Bali Nine. Bali yeah, nine, yeah, yeah. I did a, there was so the Bali Nine was a group of nine people, uh, young people who t- smuggled drugs. They were smuggling, trying to smuggle heroin out of Bali into Australia, uh, and the the AFP knew about them. So they, sorry, the Australian Federal Police. Right. And they let them, they knew about them before they left Australia and then they knew what they were going to do. And then they left Australia and they allowed them to be, well, they were, obviously I don't know the intricacies of it, yeah, but, yeah. but from an outside point of view, they were allowed to get caught in, they were, the, the Indonesian authorities were tipped off and um, they got caught in Bali and they all went to jail. Um, but two of them, th- I think three of them uh were sentenced with a death penalty. Right. Um, one of them, Scott, he he didn't he he rep- uh, appealed and um, that got quashed. And then uh, two of them uh, were sentenced to death and then would, and then got shot. Yeah, firing squad. Firing squad. Yeah. So it was uh, it was very yeah. It was um, Andrew and Myron and uh, it was so I guess that I what uh, the Chappelle Corby case had just happened as well. It was a, a girl who. She's now back in Australia, but she allegedly took a, a boogie board from Australia to uh, Bali with a whole heap of marijuana in it. Um, so I, it, it was only a few months after that, I think uh, about five or six months after that. So when I read that report, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that people would do this. Yeah. And so what I was really interested in is who were these people yeah. and why did they do it? And there's been a lot written about them, um, a, lot of, a few books as well. Right. And... Um, so I kind of just researched everything I could about them, uh, and it turns out like they were, you know, especially uh, because the two that were killed uh, were apparently supposedly the ringleaders, but they were all really young d- yeah. d- dudes who like just made a really big and stupid mistake. Like yeah. I remember t- um, talking to them, and you know, they were laughing at one of the guys because when they got there and they were in the prison in the uh, police car going to the after they got caught and one of them was like, don't worry about it guys. I don't think Thailand, like Thailand will let us go. And they're like, mate, we're, we're not in Thailand. We're in Indonesia. Jesus. And it was like, that was the level of their uh, naivety. Yeah, I think, you yeah. know, a lot of them didn't, they just didn't think about the death penalty. And, um, and you know, and you promise this great holiday, it'd be really yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah. And I think for a lot of them, it just sunk in when they were over there in a hotel room getting heroin strapped to their body. So they were recruited. They weren't like... Oh, yeah, they were recruited. And it was recruited from different parts of the world, but mainly through this uh, through a work environment, through a, um, a catering company. So they all, a lot of them worked at. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, then, so that really interests me. And then yeah. I wrote a, a play not based on them because I wanted to really explore. I didn't want to uh, – I wanted to explore the idea of it and, mm. and what would make someone do this and go to these lengths. And not be bound yeah. by detail. Yeah, because, yeah, and because it was also an ongoing case at right. the time when I started writing it. Um, and so I wrote it, uh, did a lot of – got a lot of really great um, dramaturgy on it, uh, 
did a lot a few fair few reads of it and then we ended up putting on a production in Newtown um which went really well um uh, and uh we, we had this we had the stage was this massive sandbox that we had to carry in a hundred bags of sand <laughs> and carry them out again and yeah, never yeah. do a show with sand again <laughs> uh, and so we did it then and then uh it got picked up by another theater called the Seymour Center okay. uh which was a much sort of bigger production of yeah. it um and the, the weirdly the cast changed every time as well so that was really interesting except for one guy yeah. Greg Hatton he stayed in it uh, you weren't in it I wasn't in it no there was one night in the the first production that one of the guys had to go to a wedding because he was best man so i had to do the part and okay. jesus scared the hell out of me <laughs> uh, so i think i like the poor audience i think i just bumbled through yeah, yeah. uh got there um but it was kind of an imitation of the guy that was doing it really um but uh and then the third and third time we did it it was picked up by another theater uh the tamarama rock surface who worked out of bondi Right. And the show is called Bondi Dreaming okay. because in the play, uh, the three characters dream about moving out of the western suburbs of Sydney, um, which is kind of the, t- the tough scene is those kind of tougher suburbs yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and lower kind of socioeconomic and moving to Bondi. And yeah. the, so that was why they did the whole drug run. Right. Um, yeah. And when we did the, uh, the production at Bondi, um, one of the cast, the new cast members said, listen, lads, I think we should, go to Bali and meet these guys. Right. And we kind of laughed for a minute and then it all went silent and then we were booking flights. Really? Yeah, and so it was this amazing thing where we, we went over, all of us went over, the designer, everything, yeah. the musician. Uh, we even took a, a cameraman as well and we, we just put feelers out and we managed to meet people that were going in and out of the jail um, uh, kind of on a humanitarian basis. Yeah. Some of them were lawyers. And then... Um, we so we got into the jail and we met, I think yeah we we met the whole all of the Bali Nine, and actually became really good friends with Andrew and Myron who are the guys sentenced to die. Right. And so then I went back to well, uh, quite quite a few of the cast and crew went back over the years to Bali and uh, kept like became friends with them and would yeah. call them and chat to them, um, and it was I guess that, like they definitely did a, a, a massive crime but it was like andrew became a uh, a pastor and uh, myron had this amazing journey where he became this incredible artist so it was just to see these men totally change and and yeah. they certainly weren't the men that that took the drugs over yeah so um and i guess that that really informed the play and it really informed the actors as well and i think i think as a director like that you didn't really have to rehearse because it was all like all they had to do was think about sitting in that jail yeah. and uh i mean we did rehearse we rehearsed a lot but but that but uh, you, you can't kind of replace that that the reality of that feeling of being yeah. there and, yeah. and knowing these guys and yeah. knowing what they're going through and I, uh, what they did as well yeah totally and yeah. I, I actually met a guy in uh vietnam when i was traveling with an australian guy and uh he was telling me about the story, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, I actually have a connection there." Like, <laughs> yeah, I knew you yeah. had done, and he was like, "Oh," and then he knew who you were. Right. Okay. But it really seemed to be something that was in the consciousness. To, to yeah. T- find you were tapping into something there. Absolutely, and I mean, I just remember, you know, because the you know there was a thing called the Mercy Campaign, which was this uh, this body just formed, um, and it was started by. Uh, a journalist and she, uh, Bridget, and she um, 
she just created this this group that were begging for mercy, basically, and that just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And of course, I mean, I remember I was not really on Facebook now, but it was at the time, and there was a lot of you know people going, well, you know, they knew they they did the crime, they deserve to die, and it's kind of. You know, which was really strange. So everyone yeah. was arguing about it, yeah, and yeah. it got like, you know, we even became friends with their lawyer, um, Julian McMahon, is an incredible man, and yeah. you know, fought so hard for them. And you know, talking to someone like that who's like super intelligent, and and you know, he he's fought death penalty cases before, one in Singapore, um, which the 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 guy got killed as well. Right. Um, so you know. I just remember talking to him and just the pain that he was going through as well. And because he would be going to Bali all the time and talking to the lads and, you know, and a lot of that was all like, not a lot of it, but some of it was on television as well. So it was this real, like, it was a very strange thing. I remember I was on a bus here in Dublin when the news came through that they'd been shot. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really, it's a really weird, I was talking to him in the story room at Fair City about five days before that. Really? So it's just a bizarre thing. Yeah. Yeah. And was there ever any backlash against the police for having it, the Australian police for letting them happen? L- yeah, I mean there was kind of investigations into it, uh but not. I mean, I think it was kind of like deals were done and you know, I, I I can't find it now, but a friend of mine sent me a a great article about a a, an off- a police officer that quit because he was like this is this is wrong. Yeah. Um, and what was the thinking, like, this will be a deterrent for other people? Was that the... I, from what I've read, uh, I think it was, a deal was done. And there yeah. was something that we, we give you these lads, you give us something. Now, don't quote me on that. And, yeah. you know, I don't want ASIO turning up my door. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't, you know, it was dodgy. There was something dodgy okay. that went on. And, you know... The, the government ended up begging for their lives as well. Like the government, you know, when they were, when it was looking, because I just didn't ever actually believe it would actually happen. But uh, right, when, really, when yeah. it looked like it was, when it was happening, yeah. um, the government really stood up and said, you know, we want them back. Or, well, not even we want them back. We want them to be, you know, we want mercy. We want them to be commuted to life sentences yeah. in in Indonesia. So it wasn't like they, were, they weren't yeah, bringing them home. Yeah. But, um, but it was incredible because in the uh, in the prison itself, it's like you walk in off the road, and we walked in like we had bags and bags of shopping, yeah. food and stuff. But yeah. we came in with an art, one of the artists who was teaching in there, and you know you could bring in power drills, you could bring in uh, kind of whatever you wanted, right. and um, like and I we said to Andrew, don't you think you could get out of here? And he said, yeah, but then everyone else would be in. Massive trouble, like you know, everyone else would be hurt, blamed, oh, wow. hurt and blamed for it. Because uh, there was a jailbreak that happened at that jail. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but it was just the whole. So it burnt down, uh, I think, and you know, the whole, uh, the whole jail left. Jesus. <laughs> and they just, and they ended up rounding everyone up because they got, they got the people that uh, that they found some people, and then they were in such trouble that other people just came back to make sure that you know they weren't getting the blame for everyone going yeah wow yeah it's a bit yeah that's a bit more detailed than There's that but so much to it yeah, yeah. it's incredible like yeah. it is an in, like they call the jail hotel k because right. it's you know it's in the middle of bali and yeah. 
the, if you, see, you saw it on the news, like there's like tennis courts and there's an art studio and there's a computer studio and there's a church and but a lot of a lot of that stuff was implement, implemented by Andrew and Maya, which is amazing. Um, but there's also the side of it like they don't really feed you, so you know you got you got to have money. I mean, yeah. they give you some sort of food, but it wouldn't be enough to kind of keep you healthy anyway. So it's yeah. yeah, it's really it's you know it's like when you when you read about the um, you know what's that book Marching Powder and you read yeah. about the jails there and you know mm. people go oh it seems like fun but I think but there's always that dark sinister thing yeah. lurking underneath. There's a movie um, A Prayer Before Dawn. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that like, looks really good, actually. Really good. Yeah. It's hard going. Like, yeah, it looks. I was going to watch it on the plane. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm up to that. No, there's yeah. a yeah, like there's a. Gang rape in the first like right. Or something there. Okay. It, that's hard. Like it's hard God. watching, but it kind of does get a. That's it kind of gets it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's not somewhere you want to be. Now that's Thailand. Uh, but yeah, an incredible, incredible film and definitely. Yeah, I'll have to have a watch. It's yeah, not a date I, movie now. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did go through a period of just reading all these books about about people being in jails in right. Asia. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, I think that's kind of where the, the play came out of too. I think people can really relate to to it, you know, just being stupid and young and being yeah. new and 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 I I think you know, yeah, just the power, just the power of transformation and the power of redemption and yeah. you know, like I know, like Andrew would be on the phone. He helped quite a lot of young people in Australia yeah. through drug addiction, really, and yeah. just saying, look at me, you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, he, yeah, I think he helped a lot of people, and and Andrew uh, Mayo did as well with his art. Yeah, um, you know, they had um, incredible artists going over from Australia. Ben Quilty, he went over. He's he's amazing, and they became really good friends. And yeah, so it was uh, yeah, it was, it was a tragic story. Yeah, yeah, um, and just yeah, one you don't want to happen again. And did that one keep you busy? For in terms of your theater work, yeah, well, like we did it three times, and then they actually did it again just before the executions, oh, really? um, and that was really hard because I wasn't I was here in Ireland, yeah. but uh, they did a great job, yeah. and yeah, it did really it, it kept us really busy, and we yeah. kind of evolved it yeah. uh, each time. Sometimes better or worse. One time we put like a, a filmic element into it and did interviews with with people who were related to them. Oh, wow. um, but that kind of, that was a great lesson because it kind of took you out of the world in a way. Really, yeah. And it was yeah, what it, it because it is a lot about dreams. Um, yeah, to have it to have the film up there really kind of it was a little bit jarring in okay. a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when you ended up in Ireland, then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> jumping, I don't know, we're jumping forward. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did like that actually. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah, I just came for a holiday and then uh, uh, just ended up uh, speaking. My ex-wife's um, cousin worked in Fair City, and yeah. I said. Uh, Vicky Curtis and I said, "Oh, you know, could we meet and have a beer? And could you tell me anything about writing in Ireland?" Yeah. And she, I hadn't met her yet, and she said, "Oh, send me your CV." And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then she emailed back and said, "Do, do you want to come in and meet the boss?" <laughs> and uh, so I came in and met Bridget DeCourcy, and uh, we had a chat. And they were looking for directors at the time. Yeah. And I said, "Yeah, I can be back in January." And I think that was September or something. Right. And yeah, yeah. Uh, went home, packed up the house and came back. What was it about? <laughs> was you just 
top. We'll do this for a while, like Ireland. Kind I'd of always thing. thought about going to London. I think right. a lot of Aussies head over to London, yeah. um, and I always wanted uh, done Irish plays at university, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, always wanted to go to Ireland. Yeah. And I just, oh, but I wasn't sure. I, for some reason, I thought London might be more accessible for you know for actor writer director and uh i just thought it might be a bigger industry so you know but as soon as i heard as soon as i came to dublin it really felt like home it was amazing and i loved just fell in love with ireland and i had had a lot of irish friends um in sydney as well and yeah so it was i don't know it was just felt really familiar so i really just yeah just wanted to get back and so maybe tell listeners what a series consultant is because soap can be a bit nebulous in terms of there's different names yeah yeah i didn't know what a series consultant was (laughs) and i uh so it's like basically on fair city uh the role would probably be called the script producer on um say home and away um and i i don't know if i haven't found another show that uses series consultant right Um, uh, so very much script story. Very much, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you, I mean, yeah. So I, I would oversee the production of story mm. uh, on both a kind of a long term arc basis, so over like three years arcs, yeah. uh, and also manage the story room. And you had a story editor. I had a story editor as well. We worked together, and they would sort of only manage. Well, they would manage the story room and also the stories. Um, and so that that kind of works on a, a two week rolling basis. Mm. And we they produce the stories of eight episodes every two weeks, and then it goes into script. So all the script writers come in, and so I would, uh, you know, I'd be there to convey the message of what's going on in the scripts and what we want, and and then the writers would come in with their ideas, and we'd wrangle all those ideas yeah. to fit together, yeah. and hopefully create a, a show that made sense and yeah. and 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 adhered adhered to continuity. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's ba- like basically the yeah. running of the – and working with the, the script editors there. Um, yeah. So it's kind of just – I was kind of the go-between guy <laughs> in yeah. between all the different departments. And then you're also working with production as well, yeah. you know, who might say, okay, we want an, a certain event at this time of year or we're building a new set, but they yeah. did, so we had to write that into story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you kind of just – you're managing all those elements and yeah. making sure that – uh, the stories are great. The stories are compelling. Making sure all the actors are used, yeah. um, and yeah. making sure the sets are all used. Uh, it's quite technical. It is very technical. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, we used to have, uh, as you know, like in the in the story room, the the boards up there with all the actors' names and usage yeah. on it, and yeah. it looks like a beautiful mind in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, I mean, yeah, because we they when they built the the new story room it was yeah. just it was so good because we just put whiteboards everywhere yeah yeah yeah, yeah. do you have any tips for dealing with that volume or like i think anyone who's trying to work in tv drama it can be very overwhelming like how do you manage to keep it all straight <laughs> it well i think you you work with really good people right, yeah. i mean i was really lucky you know all the the, the story team were fantastic as script like every script editing and everyone in there like you were one of them <laughs> and uh, you know everyone in there is so good yeah. and i think that i think that's really important and i think 
you know, nurturing young talent as well and bringing them up, mm. um, not young talent, but you know, new talent, yeah. uh, especially in the story room. I think if you if you really get that story room, really the foundation, because that's yeah. the foundation of the show, yeah, yeah. and 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 if you can get a, a really well honed story mm. room with experienced writers and new writers coming up, then I think that is is really helpful in terms of making sure like if that's all running nicely then you don't have yeah. to keep all that in your head yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know you do yeah, yeah. i think you basically have to keep at least 12 months of of story in your head and you're working yeah. i think we worked it out you're working about on things that are like actually working there's the ideas as well but i think you're actually working on things that are at least eight months apart at the yeah. one time yeah, yeah. so but it's kind of good though in a way because you know that informs the continuity as well yeah. for you um this question will apply to that work, but also I think your current work working in animation. How do you interact with audience and how do you keep... Because they're, they're both things, they're very, you know, urgent, very immediate. Yeah, absolutely, how, yeah. How did you kind of work that? I think um, working, you know, in live action soaps, I think you, you really do have to be on top of what's going on in current affairs. Um, and certainly, and sometimes that means you don't do stories because they're too mm -hmm. close to what's happening. And weirdly, that happens by accident quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and you really, I mean, I think it seems weird, but I actually, I mean, we, on Fair City, we did a lot of audience surveys to see what they did and didn't like. And that was really interesting. Mm. I think it, like it is talking to the taxi drivers as yeah, well. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, then just talking to people and see what works. And I think Twitter is actually a really good thing because you can see what you know. You mm. can see when people are engaging with the show, and 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 obviously there's the ratings that come out. But but I think what people are like Twitter is great because people say what they think, and yeah. you know, it can, it can, I mean, you got to take it all with a grain of salt. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, people can be mean as well. Yeah. Stop being mean. Um, <laughs> but they can point things out as well. I've, I was uh, looking at Twitter when one of my episodes was going out. Right. There's two Chilean brothers yeah. in the show. Yeah. And uh, there was a scene where they're just talking to each other and one of the tweets was, why do the two Chilean brothers speak English when no one else is around? <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I know sometimes you look at Twitter and go, all right, mate, come in, come in. You got a job. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so, and then, so working... Uh, at the moment, you're kind of working cartoons. Yeah, working with uh, Jam Media, which is a, a big change for me, but yeah. it's fantastic. I love it. Um, script editing. Uh, script, yeah, story yeah. editing and, and, and just working across the number of different projects that they have uh, and, and kind of um, working in development as well as working on things that are going into production as well. And yeah. I think in terms of audience, that is the uber uh, like the pinnacle of having to get it right yeah. because, you know, uh, I was talking to someone else who works there in Alva and she was saying, uh, do you know, the responsibility that we have is so huge. I mean, mm. you remember what you watched when you were yeah, a kid yeah. and it does kind of shape you. Totally. Because you, you yeah. always look – um, we, we just went down to the Dingle Animation Festival and, you know, they had the they had a lot of, uh, an auction and they had, you know, uh, sort of some of the pictures were of those cards, you know, like yeah. Mork. There was uh, something of Mork and, right. you know, you just – your heart kind of fills up with love. Right, yeah, So yeah. it's really important and you can yeah. – you know, especially because, you know, some of the shows – doing it for kind of preschool age and that you know they hire uh child psychologists and things like that to, yeah. to work on the shows to make sure um 
that they get they're getting the right messages across yeah. and yeah. that it, you know and I think and they they did a great exercise where they put the uh, kids in a room and they just watched the animatics of the show before it was made and right. kind of saw what they laughed at and what they didn't and what they engaged right. with yeah, so yeah. yeah huge thing in animation yeah. to just to make sure you're getting you're hitting it hitting it right and uh, so you're working with writers a lot who are in that zone of animation would you have any tips or advice for writers who'd like to give that a go but maybe wouldn't have any experience because I think it is a totally different way of thinking it's a lot more visual way of thinking and I think um, anyone I think a big thing too is to kind of work out what your what you where you want your show to be um, marketed to you know like there's a big difference and and what age group uh, because I think that a lot of stuff I've read um, with writers pitching ideas and say, and looking at their scripts, it's kind of like, well, where do you, where would you see this sitting? You know, right. is it a Netflix show? Is it a Nickelodeon show? Yeah. Is it, you know, um, or is it on RTE? And, and I think, and what, and the age group, cause I, you know, you read something and the age seems, you know, eight or nine, but then, you know, there's, there's something that takes you t- totally out of that age. Mm-hmm. It might, might only be one thing in the script, but, yeah. uh, so I think that's a, that's a really important thing to think about. And it's something I have to think about all yeah, the time yeah, as well yeah, going, yeah, yeah. okay, does this work? Is this an 11 year old's voice? Uh, or it, cause you can also go the other way and make and dumb it down too much cause kids are so smart as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think really t- knowing your audience is, uh, and knowing who you want your audience to be is yeah. really important. Yeah. But it's like, uh, you know, being quite new to animation, it's amazing. Like there's so much, they're so supportive. It's such a supportive industry. Yeah. And, you know, we just went down to the, the Dingle Inn Animation Festival and that's for students to pitch ideas and it's yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we like to ask this question of kind of when you were starting out, mm-hmm. uh, is there any piece of advice you would have loved to have gotten? But you've done so many jobs, it's hard to pick one. But maybe <laughs> from going from like an actor, because I think actors are often told uh, you need to be working on your own stuff, writing on your, or get you know, yep. kind of looking at what's going on behind the scenes. Yep. Do you have any advice for people trying to make that transition? From? From acting into more creative, into more directing, writing, that kind of... I think, yeah, I think the... Just, I mean, the, for me, it was amazing because I just got to talk to people on set and I just yeah. walk up to people. I think I read it somewhere. Someone had done that. And, and so I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just started, you know, as an actor, uh, you've, you've got, it's it's tough work on a soap, but you, you often have a, a few hours to kill. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I just started talking to everyone about who what they did and what their role is, and yeah. people love talking about what they do. So yeah. you know, it was really inter- it really helped me learn. And yeah. then I think, and again, I th- like I <laughs> I made some mistakes when I was directing on Home and Away about pushing it out of the genre um, uh, and making it you know not hitting that the the target audience. Yeah. Um, because you're like, oh, I want to do this and this and this. Right. But the thing is, you've really got to know your genre. You've right. got to know that this, you know, this is our audience. It's got to appeal to eight-year-olds and 80-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, I think as a director, you know, choose where you want to go and, um, you know, know that know the rules of that world, I think. Yeah. So I'm going to chat all day. Oh, we could, yeah. <laughs> Good place to be. So thanks so much for coming in. Thanks so much, Paul. Cheers.
Hi, I'm Dara Crochet. I'm Alama Jekadumi. And I'm Pater Kwevonik. And we are part of the Motherfucker team. Motherfucker's podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. It comes every Friday on the Headstuff Podcast Network. So join us for an irreverent and sometimes insightful but always exciting look at the Irish language, Hiberno English, and all sorts of word games at play. Biggie out.